All right, all right. Hey there. Good evening. Welcome to After Dark with Sean Cornelius. I'm your host, the romantic funny man, Sean Cornelius. And boy, have I got a fantastic show for you tonight. And yes, as I always say, I always got a fantastic show for you. But this one is another one that's extra special because tonight's guest is a good friend of mine, a brother in the comedy game, in the entertainment business, and one of my homies from down in Charleston, South Carolina. And we're going to have a great time talking with him because he's doing so much. But before I get into that, I want to say good evening to my right and my left hand. Uh, my right hand, DDC, Denise the Giorgio Cooney program director and uh, producer extraordinaire, Tyreek Smoke, was Kim, our producer, and uh, definitely got things going on tonight. So, um, again, if you're tuning in, I want to thank you for watching on BronxNet Television, also DH1 TV. And if you're listening in on Spotify to the podcast, I appreciate you. And as I always tell you in the beginning, we are streaming live as we are doing this show. So you might hear me talking to somebody that may not be on the screen, but we have our regulars who like to sit in, watch, and also throw in comments. Good evening. Good evening, Christina, and good evening, Escaping Utah. They're watching tonight. So, oh man, again, got a great show. Feeling good tonight. Uh, Jennifer is in the building, and then uh, Nancy's in the building, and uh, we're going to have a nice one for you. And, uh, all right, so my guest, my guest tonight, known this man over 25 years, I'm sure it's, it's, it's over that long. And uh, we met down in Charleston, South Carolina at a place called the Comedy Zone. It was a workshop, comedy workshop for comedians at the Ramada Inn on Montague Avenue. And uh, we used to grind it out in the workshop every week. And we, we we grew as comics together, along with my buddy, Sean Jones, that I had on the show. <clears throat> and uh, he's still doing it. I'm still doing it. I'm glad that he's uh, agreed to come on tonight and sit down and talk about what he's doing, um, because he's doing so much. He's not just a comedian anymore. He has grown. He is an actor. He's a writer. He's a voiceover or that's not even a word, but he's doing so much greatness. I had to throw it on there. So it's about two minutes into the show. I'm going to let him come on, bring him on and let him talk about what he's doing so you can meet him and we can have a nice sit down on the show. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the, I got to put the in front of it because, you know, it's just a spectacular individual. The Brian T. Shirley. Welcome him to the show. What up, B? Hey, how you doing, Sean? Man, <laughs> I, you know what's crazy about all this? It's almost like full circle. You know, here we were 25 plus years ago in the workshop, uh, like you say, grinding away, doing the uh, five minutes to see if we could even MC uh, for yeah. 25 bucks, maybe, you know, yeah. all those years ago. And, you know, you can't say that we're comedians anymore. Because no. we're so much more than that. I mean, we're still comedians, but our uh, careers have paralleled each other now for many years, even though we haven't uh, worked together in a long time because you're up in New York and um, and I'm down here still. But, you know, we've watched each other over all these years. That's why this is really cool to do this. And without even knowing it, we've been doing the same things. Uh, you're, you're putting out your own films. And you're in other people's films. You're doing radio. Uh, mm -hmm. I've done the same things. I've, I've, 
I've got uh, on the wall behind me, you can see these are some of the films that we've put out, you know, Anguish okay. and Dime with the Devil. These are things that uh, we've been doing over the last few years. One of them's number one on this platform called uh, Spark TV. It's in the top 10. It's been in the top 10 for the last month, month and a half. And you are doing the same thing. You've got the same theory that I have. And that is, A, I'm just, I can't just be stand up. I don't right. know why, but it's just not in my nature to, to go to one thing now. I've diversified. And we were always that way, but we didn't know it until we started hitting our stride and going, look, I love doing stand up, but in, to increase um, my popularity or to get more on my resume or to get more credit so uh, clubs will book me, I got to do something more. And that's uh, when I started getting into acting and voiceover work. I've just narrated uh, five books. Two of them are out on Audible, Audible right now. It's a long process when you narrate books. I never knew this till last year, uh, the pandemic. You know, all of us got hit hard. I don't care what industry you're in. And uh, you got to be creative and figure out what to do. So I, I started studying about narrating books, which I've been trying to do for about three or four years, Sean, to be honest, but really hit it hard last year. And the right. uh, second one just came out last week called uh, Citizen Kane in American Politics. So I'm slowly building up to bigger books, but this one's an hour. It's about 56 minutes. And that's a lot. And you know, that's a lot of work. Uh, it's an it's 56 minutes to listen to, but it's several hours of work or, yeah. you know, several days. You know, now, wait, now. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop you because yeah. you don't went you don't you went on a three minute intro and which is cool with me because that 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 makes me just cross off a couple of questions that I had to ask. <laughs> so oh, okay. I'm just gonna let you do your thing. I knew when I brought you in here, you know what to do. But yeah. No, no, you, you're you're actually correct, man. Because we start off doing one thing, whether it's being a comic or whether it's being an actor, and then we drift off into other things. So let's go back. Let's go back yeah. to the beginning, man, because like you said, we met. You're you're originally from the south from the south. Atlanta. So that, uh, you're from Atlanta, right? And and we met in Charleston around ninety-three, so or so, ninety-two, yeah. ninety-three, ninety-four, somewhere, somewhere around, around there. there. Yeah, yeah, doing and um what what you you said just because I know why I went to the to the uh, workshop. What actually got you into doing stand-up? What was it that, that pushed you? You know what? I, I want to do this. I want to try this. I uh, had struggled uh, with finding direction in life. I was in the Air Force and out of the Air Force and just really messed up my life almost worse <laughs> when I was in uh, before <laughs> I went to the Air Force. And, uh, you know, my dad was like, you got to, you know, get out and do something. So he knew a girl that uh, could show kind of show me around and give me something more to be interested in. And that's when they suggested going to the zone and just checking out stand up. Uh, so I went and watched and man, it blew me away. I took a girl I was dating. We went to a show and I, I couldn't imagine I'm watching the show and I'm just going, I can't imagine getting on stage and doing 30 minutes. Hell, I can't imagine doing five minutes and that but then but i said i'm going to give this a shot and that and then i joined the workshop and you know 
once I got that first taste, it was done. I was bit. I was, it was just what, you know, yeah. this is, because I'd always written though. The other side of that is Sean, I'd always written when I was growing up, I'd written strange characters and weird stuff and, and novels, trying to write this and trying to write, I, I've been a writer for years, nothing professional, but I'd right. written all my life. And, uh, that's where the basis of everything starts. Stand up, acting, music, you name it. It all starts with writing, films, you mm -hmm. know, all mm -hmm. that. And I'd done that. Well, let me I ask you, Brian. Let me ask you, did you feel like you were funny? Because, you know, some com some comics are naturally funny. I'm not a naturally funny dude. I have a personality. And that's what I thought, you know, I could kick that in. And as I went through the workshop and just continued to do it, I, I, I learned how to perfect timing, techniques, you know, joke writing and all those kind of things. Were you that funny dude and or did you have to work hard at it? I was funny because I had learned that as a defense mechanism as a young kid from a divorced family, having to go to four or five different elementary schools, a, a different middle school in my house, uh, high school. I never got to make good, solid friendships. I was always bullied. But the one thing that saved me a lot was my humor. You know, I was quick. Uh, I was goofy, nerdy, but I made friends because I could make people laugh. And this, what the workshop did and what getting on stage did was what you just said. It honed those skills I already had and it sharpened them and then brought them out even more. But it took years for me to really get to the point where I felt like I had that, you know, it took about eight, 10 years to me mm -hmm. from the first time I got on stage to where I really was confident. And then the confidence, that's the number one thing, you know, in any artistic endeavor is being confident in what you do. And it took me a while to get that, even though I knew it was funny, I just didn't know how to relate it to the regular audience. Right. 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 All right. So you got that down. You learned that and you are correct. It takes about 10 years. And I learned that from J. Anthony Brown, who said it's going to take you about 10 years to discover who you are. Uh, yeah. and, and also, um, George Wallace told me that as well, having conversations with those those kinds of folks. Who did you kind of look up to or, or you know, or learn from that you might have worked with over the time where you just, yo, that's that's the guy. You know, I get my wisdom and knowledge from that comic. I'm sure it's a, a few, but who was your top guy that you yeah. learned? Uh, for a while there, Dale Rhodes was, and I don't know if you remember this, but he took me out on the road with him. And I'm talking across the United States and Canada. I mean, we did a couple of major tours where I was out for a couple of months at least. And then at that point in our you know, career, that was a long time to be on the road. You know, we yes. we thought... Right. We thought going to Greenville was something big, you know. Ooh, I'm yes. going to Greenville. A few hours away, right? Still in the same state, yeah. That's two hours, you know, three hours drive. Oh my God, you know. Right, right. So, it was it was like comedy boot camp. I'll never forget that. I went I went to, I did some stuff across the United States on my way to pick Daryl up from uh, Seattle, and then we we I drove I drove from Charleston to. Vancouver, you know, I mean, Canada, all mm -hmm. across Canada. And right. when I, I remember when I got back and I came back to the workshop, because you remember, we stayed in the workshop for three or four years. We didn't just yeah, go, go. Yeah. So I come back and got on stage without even thinking, you know, and 
I don't know if you were, I can't remember if you were there, but I just remember all the other guys in the workshop when I came off stage and went, what the hell have you been doing? Mm-hmm. I said, I've been on the road. I mean, I, I went from, you know, I grew exponentially because of that one tour and then you keep going, you know, you keep getting back. It's called stage time and it's called. Paying the dues. Per- yeah. And performing in front of a bunch of drunk people in Canada. Those are brutal crowds up there, man. Not saying anything bad about it. I'm just saying it can be brutal at a one nighter bar in uh, Canuckville. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 No, we have, we had to do a lot of that stuff. That was again called paying your dues. And, and, but you were learning. You were learning yourself, learning the trade, because, you know, yeah. becoming a student of that. And we, we had some great times in Charleston performing at, uh, at the Comedy Zone and Henry's and yeah. wherever, wherever Tony Kemp, well, shout out Tony wherever Kemp. Wherever he was putting the zone, he, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you could put comedy just about anywhere, not everywhere. Mm-hmm. And Tony was doing that. And we, he had us all over Charleston. And even Augusta, I don't know if we went down to Augusta. And uh, he yeah. had some rooms in Augusta. He had some stuff all over. So that was the thing, your training ground of doing it. And and now you're still doing it again. But you said, you you know, as I have added on other pins, um, what, what about the, when did the acting bug hit you, man? Like it's, cause I didn't even know you were doing that. I didn't know you were into it. Yeah. Well, I think that hit me earlier, but, uh, I didn't know how to do it. So when we were doing, uh, when we, when I was in the workshop, we actually formed an improv group, uh, me, Dave Evans, uh, Noonan, uh, a couple of other guys. I don't remember. all. I of remember them. that you guys were doing I that. I remember you, you guys were doing a, I think you came in on a few of them. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, any actor would tell you, go take an improv class. Well, I'd already checked that off. And later in my comedy career, I actually put together my own improv game that I would use with some of the, these other guys we were producing shows with. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of brought it back to the continuation of me bringing in improv again into my uh, repertoire. And I, about eight years ago, I, I said I got to diversify because they're not. I'm not moving. I should be, but they're saying, "Oh, you don't have enough credit. You're funny, but you don't have enough credits." That was what I was always hearing, you know. And I said, "Well, I got to get credits." And the only thing I could think of was, "I better get on TV or in some films or something." So I started. Uh, so it was out of necessity. And then once I started getting on sets and getting some roles, man, I fell in love with that as much as I did stand up. I was like, wow, I, I really like this. And, uh, you know, it just feeds into each other. You know, you use one to, to help the other and it's a no brainer. Although it's kind of funny that you're sitting there going, let's see, being a stand up comedian, you struggle. Being an actor, you struggle. Oh, let me do both. That's really smart. <laughs> you know, but. Right. <laughs> If you do it right, you know, or, or if you, you know, get a little bit of luck here and there, um, you can make both of them complement each other. So that's what I've been trying to do. And I've, I've had a little success uh, with some things. I've gotten into some pretty decent independent films. I've produced my own and uh, got a national TV. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm here. saying. No, you've done a lot. Excuse me, forgot. You've done a lot, sir. You've not done a few things. Again, every time I turn around, I see you post. You're posting this one in award, or this is in a festival, or this is doing that. And this is that's the process. You do a film. You went to it in a film festival or twenty. You know, and you hope to get the right. recognition or to get you know you pass it around and you do that. Then you again you branched off again. Now you either you're writer or writing. You get that bug producing. 
directing yeah. uh and um and uh you you kind of that's the way the baby grows you know on those levels and you're again mm-hmm. now you're doing so much of that and <clears throat> you did a music video you did a music yeah. video for Ranky Tanky who I had uh Charlton and Kiana on the show they came on oh, you Grammy did? award winning yeah Grammy award oh, wow. winning family from Charleston okay. but you were in their video that was your first music video yeah. right yeah i got a credited part in there i played the guy that comes and tries to shut the club down and then Ranky Tanky comes in and uh plays a concert and I come back and look at the money that they raised and I'm happy so I dance <laughs> and I mean <laughs> you know what was funny about that is I'm sitting there and they got all these extras and then they got the band and the director is introducing myself and the other the other lead is who's a beautiful lady that actually cast me into it I owe okay. her a lot of things Shavona, mm-hmm. she, she's the one that cast me. And uh, he goes, here's Shavona. She's playing the bar owner. Everybody's like, yay. And here's our other actor, Brian. He's playing the guy that's shutting the club down. Boo. They all booed <laughs> me and I played and went, hey, you know. But I had to, to get in front of all the extras and dance in between the extras and the band. And they didn't even tell me. They just said dance. I went, what? Come back. Just dance. Okay. And I danced and I had this. You get into a role or whatever so much, I fell back. Nobody told me to do it. I just fell back, and they caught me. The, the crowd caught me. Because yeah. if, if they wouldn't have, I'd have busted my head open. On yeah, you, yeah, you, it would have been not too good. Yeah. So you go in the moment, and you just let everything go. And that that's one of the things that's hard to teach somebody. You just learn that. And I think part of that is being on stage for 25 years. Because you've had those shows, Sean, where – you know, you know, you're set and you know, uh, you know, where you're going. And it's almost like you don't even think of the words, you know, it's just, it comes out and it's all character and it's, you know, it's there, all yeah. of a sudden you're, you're in it. Mm-hmm. You are in the so zone. far in it that there's nothing else, nothing else exists. Just right. what you're doing at that moment, you know? Right. So now you moved on to doing, wait, let me, what's the name of the video? So that people can check uh, out the name of time. the video. Good, Check right, it out. good, good times. Oh, it's good a really time. cool video. Yeah. yeah um, it is. What's the what jumped you into voiceover work? Because I I'm not a voiceover artist or you know what I mean. But I've done some commercials when I used to do radio right. down in Charleston. You'd have to do your own commercials for your show. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. You can so you get that kind of taste or you because that's something that you're put into at doing radio. What was your choice? Was it just another avenue to? learn some skills or try or you know yeah well it was another now i told my dad last night i said now i'm going for the three-prong attack now i'm doing the the stand-up now i've got the acting and now comes the voice acting slash uh audiobook narration because i'm putting those in the same because you're using your voice on all of that uh i think it's just a natural extension of acting for it was for me and plus i did the radio and I kept, people kept telling me, man, you got a good voice. So I thought, well, let me see, you know, what I can do with that. And I did get a, nothing huge yet, but, you know, I did a little part for a feature film by a guy named Amaru uh, called Inside Ben. You hear me for briefest little bit, but I mean, uh, I did a radio thing for him back in 2014. You know, okay. that was one of okay. the first roles I got that's on IMDb. And then... I've done, I just did a uh, thing for a church here locally. The video's not out yet. I had to meet with them yesterday about uh, what, you know, 
they had to play it and everybody listened to it. And, you know, now they want me to do another uh, companion video for that. And then, you know, voiceover. I did a documentary up in Richmond. I don't know what's going on with that. I just know it's. Yeah, uh, I saw you posted about that on, on your Facebook yeah. when you were up there shooting that. Right. And and that was one of those things where it's like, this could be pretty cool. I don't know where it's going to be. It's a, uh, yeah. I think it's a local documentary, but, uh, and I had to be exact. That's the first time, Sean, that I was in a professional studio being directed. The directors were in my ear on the headphones and I did the lines. And uh, that was the other reason I, I wanted to go up there and do it. Cause I wanted that experience of being in a studio, being directed and just all that, you know, uh, that was when I really got immersed in doing the role too. I mean, by the end of it, and I was only there about 15 minutes or so, but by the end of it, I was so much into it. I was like, wow, this is like, I got the same rush you get from being on stage or on set. Same right. exact rush. Right. Yeah. Well, so I want to let you know. I'm like, oh. No, I'm sorry. Well, I just want to let you know that uh, Nancy says, Nancy Robles says, Mr. Shirley, she addressed you, Mr. So, you know, you got that old thing going on. It's that older, yeah. mature thing happening that you have. She says you do have a nice voice. So uh, there's, uh, take 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 that with you. Um, Thank you. And that, yeah, no, that's cool. So, Brian, what, what um because I knew you as Brian Shirley, and now you've grown up so much of Brian T. Shirley. That's when you know you're getting successful <laughs> when you throw your, your middle initial in, and that's extra special. So you're Mr. Brian T. Shirley. Um, Mr. Shirley, what, what now, man, what, what are some aspirations that you see in the future? Cause obviously whatever COVID is happening, we're coming out of it on any, some kind of level, but not. So what do you, how are you planning things? What's, what's a, a goal for you in the arts? I want to get on bigger platforms, uh, film wise or TV wise, you know, I'm cracking it a little bit on Amazon prime. I got a few you know, smaller things on there that have been in. Uh, I think Treasure Box comes out in, I think, May. And I'm hoping that gets on Amazon Prime. I don't know where it's going to be, but uh, that's a uh, Geechee one. I believe you know Felicia. Yes, Felicia I do. Said, Felicia Rivers. Yeah, you know. The magazine. Yeah, you know yeah. Felicia. Mm -hmm. That's her first feature-length film. And she, I got a great part in it. I play a bad guy. But let me tell you, it was a juicy part. And, and they said I did good. I haven't seen it. But they put me in the trailer, and that's a good okay. sign when they put you in the trailer because you know that's all. <laughs> and uh, I'm excited to see that. Uh, so that's the, the next goal is to kind of keep climbing up the ladder with getting, you know, in bigger things. But I, I, I'm doing a student film later this month, so I'm not turning down anything by stretch of the imagination. I'm not, I'm not getting too big for my pants or whatever. I, I, I like acting and doing the art uh, part of it no matter what, if it's feasible, I'll do it. I don't, sure. I don't pretend to be any bigger than I am. Uh, so the goals is to, you know, just get as far up there as I can. I want to do a hundred. Now we're talking other people's work, uh, stuff. I'll keep doing my own, but I would right. like before I kick it out of here, you know, earth, I would like to be in a hundred productions, film productions that at least, you know, that's my goal. And, uh, you know, I could say I've got 70 under my belt, but that would be from my stuff, you know, with right. the BTS on the road and other things. But that's one of my goals. And, you know, I want quality, but I just think it'd be fun to say, you know, I've been in 100, you know, films yeah. and TV shows. Yeah, no, that's, uh, so that's, that's awesome. Yeah. 
So, so what would you, since you're going going that route, and we have people who are out there who will prop, who probably are trying to do this thing, you know, and we we were at the position where we were watching other folks who have been in it 20 some odd years now, like us now. What advice would you give a young up and coming comic, young up and coming filmmaker, a young up and coming actor and or voiceover artist, man, since you tapped all of those things? Well, you gotta you gotta do your homework. You gotta learn. I watched a lot of videos on YouTube and read a lot of stuff. It took a year or so to get to the point where I could put out an audio book for narration. So and that's just one facet. I mean, I continue to try to learn. I I, I need to take acting classes, uh, and I have done some of that too. So always educate yourself. If you can learn something every day towards all of the things you're trying to do or the one thing you're trying to do, that's important. I mean, time is of the essence. So manage your time correctly towards what, you know, if I find myself not doing something towards any of those, I get it. I get mad at myself. I'm like, no, you need to be doing, you didn't do anything today towards that. That's ridiculous. So uh, every day I do something towards one or all of those, whether it's an audition, I do auditions constantly. And you got to go and look for these opportunities. I got to tell you, you can't sit there and wait for the phone to ring. Even if you've right. got the best agent in the world, the agent's right. job is not to send you all this work. Your job is to go find the work and the agent's there to help you get through that. Right, right. Well, that's cool, man. Yeah. So so do you have anything in the plans for uh, this guy, man? He's a comedian as well. I know you might have seen him heard of him, this guy named Cornelius. Uh, you got anything in the works that you might be looking for? I heard he's pretty decent, so I don't know what the deal is. Oh, any, anytime I can uh, bring any you or anybody else into anything I'm doing, I will. And yeah, Sean, definitely. And, uh, well, I mean, especially if you can shoot your own, that's the big thing now. I had my nephew who wants to be an actor now. You know, I said, well, here, here, I gave him a little bitty script, but I said, you and your friend shoot this for this thing we're doing called Ancient Socks, which is a follow-up to one right. that we did documentary. Yes. And, uh, you know, he did it, you know. So, yeah, I, I you know, apologize that I haven't pulled you in earlier, but... No, uh, no, I was know, just... Sometimes you start, you know, I was kidding. I was really just, kidding, man. I was, I was just no, throwing it out I, there. I always feel that we should help each other out, especially folks that or, or in our same boat, you know, I mean, yeah, we're, yeah, no, we're, we're compadres, you know, we, we, we may have gone, you know, cause of where we live, but now hell the way it works now in this world, virtual, we, there's virtual shows. You can shoot your own stuff. Yes, People exactly. do this all the time where they have somebody shoot their stuff and then they sew it together and make a yep. film out of yep. it. Yep. Not even That's the same city. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, look at what we're doing tonight. You're down in, in in South Carolina, up here in New York. So we can definitely talk about it, man. Write something yeah. that we that's compatible with this format and and edit it and make it happen. So I'm definitely down for that for for sure, for sure. Yeah. Now, well, you I take a break about a couple of minutes. I'm gonna take a break and uh, give you a breather. But you've worked with obviously a lot of people. Um, name some folks that you just really never thought you'd work with, that you just really had a wonderful time. And not starstruck, but you just appreciated working with them. Was that Here's a good one question? Of them right here. <laughs> <laughs> I worked oh, with yeah. uh, Aisha. You know her? Yes, yes. Very funny. I got to work with her down at the Commie Zone in Jacksonville. 
uh, Aisha okay. Tyler. And uh, she was a pleasure to work with. And, you know, now it's really cool. And this is not just because of the size of the star she is, but it's really cool to go, you know, you're watching TV and you're like, wow, I just worked with her. Uh, you know, well, it's been a while, it's been 10, 12 years ago. But there's a lady on TV uh, that's doing some local commercials. And I saw the commercials up in Myrtle Beach, too. And we've got a film coming out. I play her boyfriend in this short film that's coming out. I don't know when. Okay. But uh, that that's the beauty. That's what's so cool about this. And they, they don't have to all be famous people. But, you know, we work with some, you know, Tommy Chong. And back in the day, what, we were working with Carrot Top every year, I think. You yeah, know, he would come through Charleston. the town of Charleston, yeah. Uh, I mean, we worked with, I got Bobby Collins on the other wall where he signed it because he saw me doing improv. He didn't even know I was a comedian. Right, and, uh, right. you know, we've had the pleasure of working with a lot of great people. Uh, Billy Gardell, you know, I've seen him go, I worked with him up in Greenville and he was on Mike and Molly and now he's got another sitcom, you know. Right, uh, right. Over the years, we've really worked with some pretty big people. And, but, and, they, and they've worked with you. They've worked with you. Right. Not that you work with you, yeah. they work with you. So you know, you again, you don't you don't know uh, when you you stay in this in this game long enough, and you start and you're a headliner. You're not just a closing act. You're a headliner. You've headlined shows right. where your name has been on that flyer, that marquee as the act, and people have come and filled that place. So you know, you've yeah. had people come and work with you. So it's just it's just awesome, man. And I'm I'm so proud of you. And I'll say it again at the end because you know when you start with someone, and you go you see them from the beginning. And then you're you're blessed to see them as they've grown and done things as you have. Um, it's it's been really cool because we yeah that was a that was a gym that was a war zone that that uh, that that comedy workshop with all those cats you know trying to fight for one spot every Sunday just to host yeah. and get that little twenty five dollars to now where you know it's it's been awesome so great man I'm yeah. again proud of you and, and continue blessings on everything you, you do bro. So, um, so check this out, man. Good first half. It's around now, uh, it's half hour into the show. We'll take a break, give you a break, a couple of minutes to just kind of breathe, and then uh, we'll come on back because you're gonna need you're gonna need the uh, you're gonna need a break before we get into this love zone. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're gonna come back with you if you're gonna stick around. You know, stick around. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> See, I got him thinking about the love zone too much. He's like, I maybe I about the love maybe love. not. <laughs> All right. So I'm we're gonna here. come back. We're gonna I'm come here. back about two minutes or less with Brian T. Shirley uh, on After Dark with Sean Cornelius. You guys sit right there and don't you go anywhere. Hey, what's up everybody? Hey, this is uh this is comedian Gary Owen, and listen. I want to give a big, huge shout out to my fellow comedian and activist, Sean Cornelius, for his Enough is Enough movements to, to stop the violence and senseless killings that are going on. So I want you guys to support him and his movement like I do. So uh, yeah, again, this is Gary Owen, and this is for my guy, Sean Cornelius. All right, thank y'all. Peace. No more madness, no more sadness. It's time to fix our world. It's time to start being responsible. It's time to put the guns down. It's time to stop the racism. It's time to be my brother and sister's keeper. It's time for real change. It's time for love to begin. It's time to stop selling drugs in our community. 
It's time to be a father to your sons and daughters. It's time to increase the peace. It's time to increase the love. It's time to stop domestic violence. It's time to practice safe sex. It's time to shelter the homeless. It's time to feed the hungry. It's time to stop killing each other. It's time. It's time. All right, all right, all right. It's time. I want to say thank you to Mocha Black for that message uh, that's so much needed uh, in this world. It's time. I also want to say well, hello to Michelle and uh, Jennifer. And BTS is still in the building, ready to go. And uh, Brian, I need a little bit of your magic because um, you, you you spread magic when you're on the stage, when you're on film and you're doing your voice. Just I just need a little abracadabra from you. Just Just give me a strong abracadabra. Abracadabra, here's some pixie dust for you. <laughs> See how that worked? That's so wonderful. That was amazing. All right, B. We're now in the love zone and we put you on a romantic funny man's love seat. So uh we're gonna see what you feel about a few things. Are you ready? Yeah, that mocha black guy looked familiar, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you know, they, you know, they say we all got a twin. Everybody has a twin somewhere on this planet. So you look in the mirror, I'm sure you'll find yours. <laughs> yep. All right, B. First question. What is your definition of love? Uh, confidence. Confidence in each other. Okay. And why is that important to you in your life? Because I don't think the relationship can grow and, and stay strong if you're not confident that the other person feels the same way that you do. And you have to have confidence in yourself to even really get it, put it out there, you know, to find somebody that uh, you're going to stay with. Cool. Uh, what is your definition of romance? I would say putting yourself, putting the other person first and putting yourself last. And why is that? Why is romance important to Ryan T. Shirley's life? Well, if I had somebody, it'd be very important. <laughs> so it's not that important right now. <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs> well, I tell you what, though, if you know, when you're in a relationship or when I'm in a relationship, I think it's important because it shows your willingness to do whatever it takes to help that person feel good about themselves, which basically you know, is what you do when you, when you uh, are romantic with somebody. You want them to feel as good as, as you can. Good deal. Good answer. And in answering that, go comes to the next one, which has romance in it. On a scale of one to ten, or let's say a scale to one to whatever, where do you put yourself on the romantic scale? Well, one to ten, I, 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 uh, I like to say I'm at least an eight if not a nine, I, I really loved uh, making a girl feel, feel special. I mean, really makes me feel powerful when I can, you know, 
when you, they just give you that look, you do something, you know, whether it's flowers or just, you know, something that's very special to them and you surprise them with it. Uh, and they, the eyes, you know, the, the windows to the soul, that's what you look for. That look uh, is what you live for that you can get from somebody when you've done something to make them feel special. Okay. All right. Uh, so saying that you're an eight or a nine, can you give us an example of something that you've done that would put you at an eight or nine? Uh, I think little things. I mean, the big thing would be, you know, just taking them out to dinner or something. I mean, that's pretty easy, but I think knowing them and know something that touches their heart and uh, you bring that out without them wanting it or knowing that they want it or even you know the surprise of it all is really the big thing knowing somebody and knowing what touches their heart and make that uh, a priority to surprise them with that or to you know make sure that you bring that out at least periodically you know and keep right. that going you know okay all right, cool. Brian, let me give me three things that attract you to a woman. What are three things that are attractive to you about women? Well, it's changed because <laughs> it used to be, you know, I could give you measurements. <laughs> you know. right. So at least I've at least I've matured a little bit. Uh, I think conversation is a really big attraction uh, for me because I, as you know, it's really weird. I'm very on stage and in front of a bunch of people. I'm more comfortable than I am one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, that's just the way I am. So good conversation is really important. If I, if somebody that's easy for me to talk to is really important. Understanding too. somebody that's okay. understanding, you know, and uh, I mean, somebody that's soft. <laughs> I know it's so, you mean physically I, soft or emotionally yeah. soft or mentally yeah. soft? Which one? I just like that. I just like a woman that can melt into your arms. You know what I'm saying? It just makes you feel, you know, like a man, you know, and, oh, and okay. the right the right woman that knows how to fit into your arms. And I know that sounds weird, but it's no, just something it doesn't. about that. No, listen, man, again, these are all personal opinions and thoughts and un understandings. So if you like a soft, melty, like woman, then <laughs> clay, she's made of clay. Sounds you like chocolate. That, that could be. <laughs> all, right, all right. What are three things that are not attractive to you about women that just are turnoffs? Um, arrogance would be one or snobs or whatever you know the ones that think they're just too good for anybody you know that's a big turn off for me um and and through all this and i know you've had this happen too but through all the shows that we've done a drunk woman is a big turn off <laughs> hey hey my my standards have changed because <laughs> a, 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 a drunk woman 20 years ago <laughs> depending on yeah. the level of drunk then right <laughs> Talk about it. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. Just sloppy drunk is not a cool. And and I like a woman that has good conversation, but one that just banter's on incessantly. That's a turn off too. Yeah. There's a there's yeah. a fine line. There's a fine you know, there's a fine line there. 
I feel you. I got, I got you. Oh, yeah. So, so, um, in, in, in saying that too, uh, you know, these things are, are you, what your characteristics are. So if you had an opportunity to have a romantic date with anybody that had the three things you appreciate and, and not the three things you don't appreciate, who would that, who would that ultimate romantic date be past, Gosh. present or future? Well, I, I would hope in the future, to be honest, it's somebody I haven't met yet. I can tell you that much. And, uh, Somebody, you know, I don't, I don't know that they'd have to be in my industry or our industry, you know, entertainment, but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I would hope it would be somebody that's understanding towards that. Cause that's one of the biggest things that's messed me up is, you know, and you, I think you met one of the girls that I was dating that she wouldn't, every time I left to go out of town, she'd cry. And I said, are you going to do this every time? And she said, yeah, and that was it. You know, I'm going, you got to know. If, if I'm doing this and you know I'm doing this, why aren't right. you accepting? So, yeah, I would say it's the future. Somebody I haven't met yet. And you've got the qualifications and the non-qualifications. So you're not going to you're not going to say any any. Well, because you don't know. But for the show purpose, I you don't, yeah, I, I don't have a name for yet. you. I don't have a name for you. No, <laughs> that's a safe. That's safe. OK, cool. That's safe. That's good. All right. OK, cool. Uh, think a little bit. Here we go. You know that respect, honesty, and trust are very essential for any relationship. Tonight, yes, for this show, for this show purpose, you get an opportunity to take one of those away and you still have a successful relationship. Which one are you going to take away? Gosh. Well, I, yeah. I gotta tell you, I can't take respect away because that falls, you know, let's put it this way. You can take honesty away. Okay. You can take trust away. Okay. If you got respect, how are you not going to have the other two, you know? Okay. So now That's which one are you going to take away? You got to take one. Uh, honesty. All right. Good deal. Good deal. All right. Fantasy time. It's a very subtle fantasy. I'm sure you'll be able to make this work. You're walking down the battery in Charleston, South Carolina. There's a bottle on the ground. You kick it to get it out of your way. Out comes the romantic funny man, Genie. Hmm. Yeah. He doesn't have a lot of, he's a low budget Genie though. He only has one wish for you, but you have to, this wish has to include love, romantic love. What is your wish for the Genie? <clears throat> Um, well, I mean, that would be easy, you know, let me meet the woman that I just described to you that I would describe to the genie, of course, you know, that would be yeah. my one wish, you know, let's do it. Cool. I got you. Got you covered. Now, B, here comes where your experience pops into love and romance and just life period. You know, this younger generation has a hard time. With relationships, they have a hard time because they're not patient. They have a hard time, just period. Um, you now have an opportunity to tell young women, give them some advice on dating men today. What would you tell the young ladies? I would say, don't date them, date me. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I said young now, don't, don't go to jail. <laughs> show's over. See you later. Um, um, 
I, I would say be smart about it. It's hard, I know. It's always, you know, the emotions above the intellect, you know, especially when you're that age. But slow it down, back up, think a little bit, you know. And don't let guys treat you like crap, you know. You're so much better than that. If you got a guy that, you know, wants to walk four feet in front of you, you know, or thinks that he can disrespect you and talk down to you, don't give in. I mean, the reason that a lot of these guys treat women like crap is because the women allow it. And I'm not blaming women. I'm just saying you have to be strong. I know it's tough. I do. I know. I realize that. But you're asking for advice and you're asking for 2020. And that's my 2020 is that it's, it's all about respect. I mean, I'll go back to that. You know, that's the number one thing. If, if you don't respect somebody in relationship, where are you going to get the other stuff? The other stuff just ain't going to come. There ain't going to be any trust. There ain't going to be any honesty and you can't have love without any of that. So I would say if you're a young lady and, and you're in a relationship with a guy that doesn't do simple things like, uh, you know, hey, uh, I couldn't make it the other night. Sorry. And he doesn't bother to call you or anything. He tells you he's sorry three days later when you finally see him. Obviously, that's a lack of respect. You know, simple things, little bitty things is what really breaks relationships up to me. Obviously, big things like cheating does too, but I mean, that falls from little things to begin with. Right, you know? right, right. All right, well, now drop some knowledge on uh, the, the, the fellas. Give them some advice. Uh, respect your women. You know, don't treat women like crap and don't look at them as like, you know, well, I can use Susie today and then tomorrow I'll go over to Gene's uh, house. You know, I mean, Heck, I was a whore dog, too. I remember all that. And, you know, I wish I wouldn't have done it. And, uh, and It's hard to say, well, don't do what I did, but that's what, basically what I'm saying for most of it. I mean, you can't have good quality relationships when you treat people like garbage. You know? Right. It's just, right. It isn't going to happen. And it will come back to you in some form. You know, you, if you're not going to be honest with a woman, you know, why would you waste your time and her time you know and that's a tough thing it's it hurts but it's gonna hurt less at the beginning than it will later on long term exactly exactly so that's that's where honesty comes in you know you got to be honest with people respect first and then you be honest and then that rocks and roll because we all we all were young and we all didn't know even though people told us but you don't know. You you learn yourself. You learn the good, the bads, the uglies. You mature, and then you get to a level where you know. So if you have respect for somebody first, that will that will take you a long way. Take you a long way. Want to definitely say good evening to artist up Nicole Watson, who's watching the show, chiming in with her comments uh, at this point. So Brian, staying on love, man. What we know the world can be an ugly place. It could be an ugly feeling place. It could be an ugly looking place. But there are some wonderful things. There are some wonderful things on this planet, yeah. in this world. Name what are the five things that you, what are five things that you love about life and the world? Um, well, definitely being able to and being blessed to, to entertain people. So I would say just entertainment, art in general. I mean the the fact that human beings can create uh, paintings and 
films and music and all those other things. So creativity, human creativity is, is a beautiful thing um, when it's done right. And, you know, in a, in a manner that is a positive influence. I mean, obviously there's movies that are exploring negative uh, situations, but, you know, in the end, it's all positive. So I, I would say creativity um, of the planet. I mean, animals, you know, animals are something that's a beautiful thing that uh, we enjoy pets. We enjoy wildlife. You know, I think that's a very wonderful thing. Uh, and we're, we all should be glad that the earth is filled and, and try to keep them as much as possible. Um, right. Children. Even though I'd, I've never had children, I've got uh, uh, a couple of nephews. But uh, mm -hmm. you know, as I've gotten older, it's just such a joy to see kids. For some reason, now I don't know why, but over the last few years, it, they just make me smile. You know, I guess it's their innocence and their yeah. You know, everything's new to them. You know, and then just the way they uh, think about it, a little kid can bounce around and do all these things. Me and you did that; it sound like popcorn. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't bounce. I don't bounce too much anymore, brother. I don't even bounce out of bed. I kind of roll out and slide. It's a different. It's a different dance now at this age. <laughs> right. So I think that's a beautiful thing. I, um, real realizations, self realizations, uh, introspective stuff that I that I've found about myself is is a beautiful thing too because. You either learn to love and, and respect and grow as a human being, or you stagnate. Sure, right. And I think just the fact that I can say that, I think that I'm still growing. You know. Yeah, every day. Uh, that that insight, I mean, it, to me, says now we all have, and I have bad times and depressions and, or whatever. You know, we all go through funks, but mm -hmm. you know, you you still try to persist, and and I think that's another. You know, the number five, this will sound crazy, food. Although I shouldn't be, <laughs> you know, eating so much of it. But isn't it great to just enjoy a wonderful meal, either you or somebody else created? Well, know? well, I know I know of, of one person in particular who love, who could totally agree with you. And she's backstage right now grinning. She hasn't been smiling and doing nothing the whole show because I can see her. And she's not oh, focused, yeah. but as soon as you said food, she started smiling. And DDC is another food fan; she loves it. So that's yes, yeah, I'd agree. There are certain things that make you go, "Hmm, this is great." Yeah, <laughs> well, it's you know, once you, if you get a great steak or a great piece of chocolate or something, there's no other feelings on the earth. Sometimes, uh, uh, well, know, the, I, I, <laughs> well, we're talking. I believe you know, there are, but you know, I feel. Yeah. That's a different okay, cool. that's, that's a, a different, different sense altogether. Well, know? yeah, we're still in the love zone, so it's, it's we're hmm. safe to discuss it and keep and that's keep true. It. That's true. All right. right. In in one minute or two minutes, you have the opportunity to take us all on a very romantic trip. What is your romantic trip going to be? Ah, let's go to I love the beach, you know. But let's go to to a tropical uh, island um, off of a cruise 
but not like a big cruise ship, you know, like with 4,000 people on it. Let's say a smaller junket, you know, mm-hmm. just maybe, you know, with the, you know, it's a, it's a small crew and you and your significant other and you cruise to just a beautiful island with its own little shack and, you know, uh, for one of those infinity pools that looks out over the ocean and, you know, you're there with her for, or him, you know, whatever, for, I don't know, a week or so. And that's all you have to do is just be, you know. And Did you say eat? Be. Oh, eat, <laughs> you said, and just eat. I'm like, you really do love food, brother. There's a lot more well, to do than too, the seven but, days know, and eat. If you're going to okay. do that, put, put a treadmill on the island or something else. <laughs> At some point, right. Okay, that's that's sweet, man. All right, I'm going to show a little bit of my magic powers really quickly, and I'm just going to be – I'm going to be real smooth with mine because all I got to do is blow. Watch this, Brian. Whoa. Wow. It works. Look, look, look how sweet that is, man. So we're going to jump into our final segment of the show. This has been great, but now I want the people to know a little bit more about you in kind of like a speed dating type of thing. <clears throat> this is called – favorites and i'm just going to throw some categories out there at you and you just give me your favorite all right all right since we started since you just mentioned it we're going to segue right with favorite food ah dang it yeah they gotta Uh, pick one well i gotta gotta tell you there's nothing like a good steak okay well done raw medium oh no we're gonna go medium rare on that I, uh, you know, I, mm, yeah, thin slice of a porterhouse or something like that. And you just, you got the uh, garlic butter, you know, over the top of it there. And yeah, yeah, you don't have, you don't need any sauce for this steak. You don't put steak sauce on this. No sauce on it. Just garlic butter no and steak. No. I got you. Yeah. I got you, brother. All right. Favorite song all time. Favorite song. Hmm. Um, <laughs> Ziggy Stardust. <laughs> all right. Favorite. I know. Favorite, nah, I go say it's all good, brother. Favorite. Uh, favorite uh, movie. Jaws. Really? Okay. Jaws. Um, I can tell you the reasons. I can tell you the reasons. Go ahead, hit me with one real quick. Why? Robert Shaw. One of the reasons I became an actor. Okay. All right. The scene, cool. two of the scenes he had in Jaws, best damn acting you'll ever see. And right. so it didn't, it ain't all about the shark because I thought the script was amazing. The ensemble cast was amazing. And Robert Shaw had some of the best acting you'll ever see in a movie if you uh, know the two scenes I'm talking about. <clears throat> okay. Cool. Favorite book you've ever read? Um, I guess I might have to say the Bible. Um, I still, you know, read it. I still study it. And um, I don't know if I would call myself uh, religious, but mm-hmm. spiritual, maybe. Okay. But, yeah, spiritual is uh, a good word. It's, it's a continuing education for me. Gotcha. All right. Favorite TV show? 
Uh, I got to say the Simpsons. It's they're just hilarious. The writing's amazing, and uh, you know, it's to me, it's been the perfect sitcom. Uh, and some of the parodies they do are just spot on. They predicted stuff <laughs> just through comedy. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Yes. And, you know, obviously they, you know, after all these years, it's still tough. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. can you imagine, you know, staying on top for that long? So. Gotcha. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Favorite uh, time of the day for lovemaking for you? I think uh, probably around two, you know, kind of like early afternoon type thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, two 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 p.m. Yeah, because then you can just take a great nap right after that. <laughs> you so, can take a so, great nap anytime if you ask me. So you yeah, but a, I mean, at this age, you do it. If you do it too early, then uh, well, there's a your lot day, of reasons. Your whole day is messed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At least you can get lunch out of the way. You know? <laughs> <You're right. laughs> All right, Brian T. Shirley. With that answer, you are now off the romantic funny man's. <sighs> love seat and then out of the love zone i need you to give me a abracadabra one more time all right let me get my pixie dust abracadabra all right, there we go back to the back to the home base hey brian i want to thank you so much man you know i got love for you i appreciate you stopping yeah. by and hanging out continue blessings to you in everything you do my brother and if you ever need anything on any kind of level you know how we do let's let's get together and create some more but just just a phone call away man yes sir and i remember the days when you used to close your show out you're the romantic guy now but i remember when it was <laughs> f you Blankety blank. Why are you, baby? I'm... Yeah, yeah. That was that other guy. That was that other guy. Every now and then I, I revisit I revisit him. But yes, I did have a song. <laughs> Thank you so much for telling people my business, bro. Like, I'm the guest. <laughs> so I want to thank everybody that tuned in tonight. Thank you so much over there out there on Facebook and YouTube and the TV channels. Uh, as I always say in parting, please go with God in your heart. Have a peace of mind. Have a wonderful, wonderful tomorrow. And please take care of yourself. Continue to please be safe. Wear your mask, social distance, spray yourself down, Lysol, keep keep other people safe as you keep yourself safe. So as we get out of here, as we always say, from Lula May and Cornelius' baby boy, I'm Sean Cornelius, the romantic funny man, saying good night, God bless you, Catch you around the corner on the next episode of After Dark with Sean Cornelius. Brian T. Shirley, love you, brother. Take care. Love you.